Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I have a story here that I want to touch, which is um, from Kings, Second um, Kings, chapter twenty. Most of you might have read it already, but if you have your Bibles or if we have your devices, you may open to Second um, Kings chapter 20. Before I go into Second um, Kings chapter 20, I also want to say this is a story about a man who prayed before God, whose prayer made a difference. His name is King Hezekiah. He was considered uh, to be one of the most righteous king of Judah who ruled from the southern kingdom. He had a very good relationship with God for he followed what God asked him to do. He was faithful before God all his ways. We will notice as we go through the scriptures well. He lived an upright life But just because he lived an upright life doesn't mean that his life was an easy one. He faced so many challenges. He faced faced crises that he he, he encountered when he was living. So the message here is that even if you are living a righteous life, you can still become a target because you are a Christian. Amen. Amen. Because you believe in the living God, you believe in Jesus Christ, that will still make you a target. Hezekiah was faced with um, the kings from from Assyria who were at that moment were the superpowers. They had the intentions and the powers to, to invade, to invade his country and to, to oppress him. But Hezekiah himself, he was the son of uh, King Ahaz, which makes a very big difference because his father wasn't a very good king. The Bible tells that his father was a nasty king. He didn't follow follow God's rules. He went his way. He put up idols. He stopped all the, uh, the, the commandments that Moses had put. He changed a lot of things. But when Hezekiah came... And he, he was at the age of, I mean, according to the preachers, you are about the age of 25, and he ruled for 25 years. And I think he's probably one of the kings who is, who is written more about in the Bible than any other kings because of his righteousness before God. He destroyed the pagan temples, the idols. He destroyed the serpent that people were now pr- praying, the one that you read in Numbers, that Moses made and raised, and that people who looked at the same page were, were, get, were, were getting healed. But now people over years were now turning away from their God and now praying or worshiping this serpent. And he is the king who destroyed it. He said, I'm going to restore this. I was touched when we were singing God of Revival. We believe in a God of Revival. We believe in a God of revival. If we put our hearts together, if we put our hearts to to, to him, he will answer our prayers. Hezekiah put God first in everything that he did. You know, in life, 
When we live, and if we are Christians, as we live a Christian life, remember that the devil or the enemies always want to play the same tactics over and over again, just to tumble us down, just to bring us down. You will see things that will try to divert you from following Jesus, from following his will. But we've got a man here, Hezekiah, who was in deep distress. We want to know, how did he fight his fears? How did Hezekiah fight all his fears? He fought by prayer. Prayer is the most weapon that you, a Christian can use anywhere in the world, anywhere you are, in your house, where you are traveling, wherever you are, with families, with crises. Prayer is the only weapon that we, we can use. And with that, if we have faith in, in God, he will never leave us alone. God will always be with us. But however, like I said, that the enemies, they're always to try to bring these tactics to bring you down. On the other hand, there is so many mention in the Bible where the Lord says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. I think from uh, yesterday and up today when I came in today, a few people have actually told me, God with you. And I particularly want to mention um, uh, Shelley and, uh, uh, and Desiree who said, God is with you. And I'm thinking, yes, God is with me. So when you have God with you, that fear can take and be taken away. We always fear because we look at the other side. We don't look at God. We pray that God will hold our hands and be with us all the times. Because the thing is, if we are not careful, fear can be, just, can be more than just a passing emotion. It can, take, it can control us. You become depressed. You don't want to talk to people. You don't want to go in to do anything. You become withdrawn because you are afraid. Of course, I mentioned prayer. Prayer is not something that we can easily master. Sometimes we need some gentle reminders from God. We need gentle reminders from our colleagues, our brothers, our sisters. To remain calm, to pray to God. And I'm giving you just a little bit of that, um, the story about Hezekiah. It touches quite, it's written in, um, in, in Chronicles, in 2 Kings, and in Isaiah 36 to 38. But here, as I looked at it from, um, uh, from Kings, I was looking back even before I got to chapter 20, I'm looking into chapter 18. I, I noticed that um, the people of Judah received the threats from the invasion of Assyria, and they were in such distress that the Bible mentioned that even the women who were pregnant, they, were, they didn't have even energy to deliver their babies. Imagine coming to that, to that state of being so afraid because there are superpowers who are there to come and do whatever they want to do to you. And in our case, I'll say that they are enemies as we, as we live as Christians. They are people either in family, either in life. They will try to, to put us down. So my, questions, my question to you is, when you are hit with a crisis, where do you go? Who do you consult? Do you go on the newspapers and look for the horoscope? Palm readers? 
Or do you turn your face and look unto Jesus? Or do you look for help from God? Do you look for, do you look for your guidance from our Lord Jesus Christ? Again, I will repeat. Do not be afraid. Always look unto God. He is our maker. He is our redeemer. When you pray, when you pray before God, try to imagine him in his throne. And he is the mighty God. He is the mighty being. You know, sometimes when we pray, rather than just saying our own words of what we want before God, maybe a list of our, an itemized list of our requests, let us tell God exactly what the enemies are saying. Is it whatever that's troubling you today? Is it because you have lost work or is it because you have got an illness that's troubling you? Let us exactly tell God what we are feeling. Sometimes God, we know God knows everything. But sometimes I think it's important to tell God exactly what you are feeling, exactly what the devil is saying, exactly what the illness is troubling. Is it that because you can't sleep? Is it because some pain is troubling you? Narrate that before God. Say that before God because he is the maker. He knows already. But it's worth mentioning it. So the passage that I'm going to touch again is Hezekiah, as he, as he lived, I'm going to quickly read from uh, 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 verse 1. He said, in those days Hezekiah, uh, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, uh, came to him and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Imagine you have someone coming to you to tell you that, set thine house in order, for you shall not live. This was a prophet coming, this is the word of God. So when the, when the word of God comes, there is no going to looking for a second opinion doctor to say maybe this consultant is not right. Let me go to seek another doctor who might tell me something different. This word is coming from God. He's telling you that, make your, put your house in order. Hezekiah was sick. He wasn't feeling well. He was at the point of death. He was bedridden. The truth is, nobody knows when their time is up. Some people might be lucky to have God or some, some indicators that it might, be, it might be time that's coming up. But as Job says that, God says to Job that a person's days and months are, are determined and God have decreed the number of the months that we can live. And no one can exceed the limits. I'll give an example for those who live in Burgess Hill. I've lived there for quite a few years. And I see the trains going from um, Brighton to London sometimes, to Cambridge sometimes, to Bedford. So I will follow the Bedford line. You hear they say uh, this station uh, is okay. It's, hey, was he, this is Burgess Hill. Our next station is Weaversfield. 
The next station is Hayward's Heath. Balcomb, Three Bridges, Gatwick Airport, East Croydon, London Bridge, London Breakfriars. So each, as you, if you are going to Bedford, I've never been to Bedford, but I've gone into the Bedford line so many times. I don't know what's over there. But when I get to London Bridge, when I get to East, to, to, to East, East Croydon, I get off. That's where my, my, my journey is been determined to. That's where I bought the ticket up to. Amen. And then while you are there, you will see here, okay, this train will be calling at St. London, St. Pancras, Farringdon, Bedford, Fetwick, all the stations, you can hear them, but you're not going to be there. Your time will come when you get to London Bridge, when you come to um, London Breakfast, when you come to East Croydon. That is where your time is going to be there. They have this tendency that we have this, I took this message in terms of tendency that sometimes when, when somebody dies, we tend to say that, oh, their life has been cut short. But how do we know that they were going to Bedford? Well, maybe they were going to East Croydon. God knows where you, your station is. God knows exactly what your station is. So the, the message I'm trying to put here is that when Hezekiah was told to put his house in order, it, it is not at the point of death that you have to put your house in order. It is now. It is now that we need to put our house in order because you know, you don't know when the time will come. And take a look again and um, imagine, I'm just, for me, I was just again looking, imagine it, uh, the prophet Isaiah, when he was the bearer of the bad news, coming to say that, uh, the Lord has said that your time is come. I can imagine, well, I wasn't there, but from the scriptures also, it doesn't actually say what, what, what Isaiah actually was doing. But imagine this king, a great man, he nailed down something that's incredible that he did, which we're going to be touching soon. He faced the war and prayed to God. Something which most of us won't do when you are hit with a crisis, where do you go? You probably call your mom, you call your sister, you call your family, you call other people, you call friends. Before you actually reach to the person who you are supposed to be calling. Isaiah looked at God. He turned against the war, and I know, but Hezekiah looked against the war and prayed. I'm just thinking in the position of Isaiah. I don't know what he was doing when seeing that this man is also in distress. I'm sure he probably said, you know what? I'll see my way out. I'll leave you with your God. Because sometimes when you see someone who is in distress, you, even yourself, you run out of ideas. You don't know what to say. But Isaiah as well knew this is coming from God. This is not just a saying. This is actually the God who is saying it. But what's incredible is we see that Hezekiah's response was to face the war and pray, probably to have some private time with God. I mean, some scholars have said that he was facing there because that's where the temple was, so he wanted to, he couldn't wake, get up and go and pray, or he couldn't go to some private place. But what we know is that he didn't face, there might have been some few people in the house, Maybe his wife, his children, or he didn't have children, but maybe his friends or close people or his servants. 
But he turned away from those people so that he can talk to his maker. He can talk to his God. Brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to say, I might not put this as eloquently as I want to be, but is that when you are faced with a crisis, the place that you face is you face to Jesus, you face to your God. You don't face to your children, you don't face to your, to your spouse, your wife, your husband. You don't face anywhere else, you face to God first. You pray to God. He is your maker. He knows where you are coming from. He knows where you are going. Amen. Hezekiah was so humble. He sought God. He didn't defy God. He didn't accuse God. It's easy to accuse God. If you are faced with something, you might then accuse, why, why God are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Why me? But who else? Hezekiah said, remember, Lord, how I have walked before you. This is what I mentioned earlier before to say that if we have our house in order, when the time comes, you will have the audacity to say, look how I have walked. You cannot make reference to something that you haven't done. You have something to put, to make a reference to. I have walked before you faithfully, wholeheartedly, and devoted my life in you. And remember, you cannot lie to God. So you cannot say when you are in crisis, maybe you've lost your job, or maybe something has happened in your life, and you say, look, God, look what I have done. No, you don't have any reference. So this is the time to put your house in order. Got a story of a little boy who was being naughty and kind of misbehaving, and his mother... Uh, I know it's sometimes you put in a naughty corner. It's asked to say, time out. You are not going to play with your gadgets. You're going to stay out there. The little boy went in the room, sat there quietly for a few minutes, just came back to his mom, and his mom was just saying, well, it's not time up yet. And said, no, 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 I've just been reflecting. I, I prayed. I prayed, and the mom said, oh, well done. You, you, you prayed, and uh, it's good. You see, when you pray to God, you, he can help you to be good. And the little boy says, no, mom, I didn't pray for me to be good. I only pray that God will help you to put up with me. <laughs> the point I'm making is that because God hears prayers, we have so many areas where we know that God has heard prayers. Hezekiah's prayer was heard. This is where we are moving into. Because God send God answers and hears prayers. What happened then is that God sent Isaiah back. That's incredible. Our God is a God of mysteries. Nothing is impossible before God. Everything is possible. God sends Isaiah back and says, Go back and tell Hezekiah, my, the ruler of my people, that what... That is what the Lord says. God, your father, um, your father, God of your father, David, I've heard your prayers. There are prayers that can be heard. God hears prayers. But there are prayers that can be responded to or answered there and there. This is one example where we see a prayer being answered because Isaiah was not even out of the courtyard. He was still within the courtyard. When the word of the God, with God came back again and asked him to go back, I have heard. 
Now because Hezekiah had said, God, look, he appealed to God. Hezekiah actually appealed to God. He wasn't just praying for an extension of his life. But he appealed to what he had done, what he, has, what he had done all the time that he's been. He had done a lot of things, and God knew that, and God always knew that. The thing where I'm saying that you cannot, you cannot ask God to extend your life because ultimately, ultimately, we all will, gonna be, we, we will die. So the point here is maybe, maybe Hezekiah wanted to do, he had some unfinished, unfinished business. He wanted to make sure that what he was doing before God, he will continue to do that. He wanted to continue what he was um, asked for by God to do or what he was doing by God, for God. We also have some examples where Examples where uh, prayers were answered, there were quite dozens of them. There were quite a lot of them where, answer, where prayers were answered. Remember uh, the priest uh, Zechariah, when he went into the temple, while he was praying in the, while he was in the temple, and the word of God that I've heard your prayers, your wife Elizabeth will, will have a son, and you will call, call him John. That's when you can hear prayers are heard, and the answer is just there. And the answer is right there. So many areas, so many verses, so many chapters that can say, because you might feel yourself yet you are in trouble, you are going through a crisis. You are going through a crisis and you feel that God is not hearing you. You start reflecting, maybe, I'm not, maybe praying is not a good thing. Maybe I chose the wrong, the wrong religion. No, you are in the right religion. God hears prayers. He answers them according to his wish. He is the maker and the creator. Our God, our Lord, is so faithful to keep his promises. Let us keep our house in order now. I have a message for those who are, who have, who are, no long, who are privileged to no longer be going to 9 to 5 to work, or who are those knowing who have retired. My message to you today is that there is no spiritual retirement. You can't retire from your job. I can see Graham. <laughs> there is no spiritual retirement. You can retire from your nine to five job, but you cannot retire from going to, from, from praying God. I've also a message for those who are still raising families. For those who got who are still working. Never say that I will want to raise my children first. When they grow up, then I can go and pray God. You never know what the time. Life is not guaranteed. And for the youth, nothing stops you to do something for God now. Not to wait until you finish your, your, your college, until you finish university. Then you think, okay, then I can start praying, worshiping God. Your time is now. You have to put your house in order right now. For no one knows tomorrow. No one knows even Next year, next week, nobody knows that. Only God, only sovereign God knows. Amen. Hezekiah, for me, he wasn't an emergent Christian who said, oh my God, I'm in a crisis now. I need to turn to God. But he had some way to reflect to. He wasn't a 999 emergent to say, hey, I'm in crisis now. I need to pray to God. No, he knew that he had, his house was already in order in the, in the sense that he had walked perfectly and faithfully before God. 
Again, being righteous doesn't take us away from the troubles of this world. Too many people, they make great efforts. Great efforts to divert from the word of God. Not to practice their faith, but to wait for a, a good day. There will never be a good day. Your time to worship God, your time to praise God is today. Your time to worship, the reality is that righteousness does not exempt us from human suffering. Jesus Christ was crucified. Jesus Christ died for us. He was the perfect man. He was the perfect son of God. But he went through persecution. He went through suffering. As human beings, our suffering has all been, was already set in the Garden of Eden when Adam disobeyed God. So we are called to have that. The, we have joy in the house of God. Only we are asked to do is now to put our house in order by praying, by worshiping, by praising him, by attending services, by doing things that are good for, for, for him. Amen. Now, before I finish, um, just want to have a reflection on some of the things that we need to be uh, doing. That you don't despair when you are faced with a crisis. It might be easy to say, but difficult to do. But if you believe in a living God, if you believe in God, he's always going to be there. Whatever trouble you are facing today, someone else in the world has come across the same problems. Someone else in the corner of the world, someone similar, exactly similar problems, whether it's a back, backache or you are having pain somewhere or you, whatever you are crippling you or you are going through issues in your family, someone else in the world has faced that. But let's always look unto Jesus. It's never too late to start living faithfully like Hezekiah. So you can reflect back and say, God, look how I have, I have walked in your ways. Look what I have done before you. Paul, uh, writing to, um, the, uh, to Ephesians in chapter 6, he says, finally, uh, brethren, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the evil. It is the time that you put the whole armor of God now. However thing that you might do for Christ, that is putting the whole armor. That is putting your house in order. It goes on to say that for we wrestle not uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness, wickedness in the high, most high places. So if we are putting the whole armor now, if we are putting the whole armor now, we are, in effect, putting our house in order. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information, or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us 
at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.